Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And today we have a very special episode, actually. We have the, uh, the man heading up the Grand Rapids Comic Con, Mr. Mark Hodges himself. Hi, kids. Well, Mark, it's good to have you here today. Thank you. Um, in the Shoop Kitchen studio, which you can tell is is very high tech. We are up to date on all the hottest technologies and mm-hmm. whatnots. Just got dial up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a neat fridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, there's other ones I've done. It has an bed. ice maker. Mm. There's one I've no, done it where it was. <laughs> I've done these before in all kinds of weird places there was one that i do every year and it's in a basement and they got tons of incense mm. burning and it's like a, it's good to feel like you're about to be murdered <laughs> pretty much it too yes it has a uh yeah it has one of those uh kind of kind of um evil day kind mm-hmm. of feel you know it's you know it's yes. yeah it's fun mm, i like the feel of like i'm gonna be able to be tortured it brings the best out in me this is where we'll bury your body <laughs> oh neato <laughs> is that an iron maid in the corner <laughs> So um, we it's have called the, Wald, it's called Waldecourt. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the privilege of actually joining uh, Mark at the Grand Rapids Comic Con here very shortly, uh, October twenty first, twentieth and twenty twenty twentieth through twenty second, twentieth through twenty second. I was going to say twenty first, but I'm would have been wrong. So October twentieth through twenty second. We're used to it, Ryan. That's okay. <laughs> that's that's me. That's me as the host. Mm-hmm. I, I'm supposed to get things wrong. Men are always wrong. Exactly. Damn right they are. <laughs> so April was quick on that too. Yes, she was. And enthusiastic. Now, Comic Con. Now that's something that I I'd never I went last year, but as far as like cons, I haven't been to many. I've always wanted to go to more like horror cons because I'm a big horror movie fan. Sure. I love true crime, so I'd love to go to like Indianapolis and see like the true crime cons that they have there. Um, what got you into doing the cons, the, especially like a comic con? Well, it's a dumb story no. to be honest. Back, um, I used to be a vendor at various shows. I used to run a poster business, and I was sitting at a show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and was sitting there, and it was boring. It was a, it was a terrible event, and drove a long way for nothing. Mm. And um, was like, you know, why can't somebody do something like this in Grand Rapids? Yeah, and, you know, second biggest city in Michigan. Yeah, and, and a good market because yeah. there's money in the town and there's jobs and there's affluence and right. people can actually afford to go to these things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, why not? So I sat down and I had plenty of time at the show. Again, this show sucked. Um, <laughs> and I sketched out this big grandiose plan downtown and big celebrities and Hollywood celebrities and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I sketched it all out and I spent two days and I read this thing at the end of it and said, Mark, that is the stupidest idea you've ever had in your life. Seriously, I did. I wadded it up and I threw it away. Oh, wow. But it stuck with me for some dumb reason. Not sure why it stuck with me. Just did. Yeah. We decided to try some little more you know, one day things that we yeah. could actually afford. Because I mean, the reason I thought this idea was so stupid was my economic situation. Right. I mean, I, Make at it. that, at that point in my life, I was running the poster business out of an eight by 10 storage bin and I was sleeping in a car. So it was a, just this pipe dream. It's not good. On it was back. a, it was a pipe. Yeah, that's exactly. You don't have to tell me it was a <laughs> pipe dream. So we decided, well, you know, let's try to do some little things. So we, we found a, um, banquet hall okay. that we could get on Sundays, and and that went nowhere. Oh. And I worked on a film festival thing in 2009. That went nowhere. And started working with Russ Brown with the Grand Rapids Toy and Comic Expo, which was Grand Rapids Toy, the antique toy show that's over at the homeschool building. And um, helped him with three shows and that, and that grew, but um, Russ is very old school. Mm-hmm. And his vision and my vision just completely clashed. Right. Just wasn't there. So I left, and to be honest, I was like, screw this, I'm done. 
And I was ready to just get in, you know, stick with a normal job and just call it good. I was starting to date someone seriously who I married, my wife, Jen. Bravo. And um, yeah, she's wonderful. Yay! She is. She's <laughs> she's wonderful. And she's really the reason this thing's happening. Because and I told her I was going to quit and be done with this. You know, I says, you know, I'm, we're getting married. I need to make you more of the priority. This, that, and the other thing. And uh, she basically said, no, you remember that thing you told me about that you dreamed up a few years back? And I said, yeah. She said, you're going to do that. And I laughed at her. I really did. I laughed at her. I was like, that's stupid. She says, no, we're going to do this. I was like, no, no, we're not. She says, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> and I tried to talk her out of it for three days. I well, really did. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, I tried to talk her out of it for three days. And she just wouldn't bend. She would not budge. So we said, okay. So we scraped up because, you know, she's poor too. So, you know, we were, <laughs> she didn't marry, she didn't marry me and I didn't marry her for our economic situation, you know, improving her <laughs> economic situations. That was for certain. And, not, um, not, not in around 2009 or whatever that just like oh, that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, this was, this was in 2012. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, um, so we, um, scraped up $7,500 in credit and had a relative kick in 1500 bucks and we got started. That was it. To put that in perspective, how much money that is now, that is a third the catering budget. Oh, just wow. my goodness. Catering. It's a third of the catering budget. It's a lot it's of hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> we're not eating hot dogs. Every time, <laughs> That's Ryan's catering. It's you ever, hot dogs you ever tried to give Billy D. Williams a hot dog? It's oh. like, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> Can't say that so, I have. <laughs> It's not, I, I haven't either, but it's not going to work. Right. So, so, um, we did the first show, which is now sort of legendary in the yeah. area because of the lines and it was just ludicrous. Well, this is just, uh, it, it was a, there was a big excitement from the, from the people that I know. And I, I don't, I'd never known you personally before sure. this, but there was a lot of buzz about it because it was like, thank God. Now we finally can not have to travel four hours for something that's just going to bore us. Right. But. And I, I remember and, that first con as well because uh, you and I, April and I, we wanted to go, but then we started hearing about the lines and then that it was it would be impossible to get in. So that was the only reason why we didn't end up going was there was such a huge buzz. And I remember at the time even thinking, well, that's a good problem to have that you want to have. Right. They have so many people showing up that you actually have to end up turning people away. It sucks, but it's a good problem. Well. Yeah, and it wasn't something we, we, we thought we'd get fifteen hundred, two thousand people and we had that through the door by ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> um wow. and um you know, and the line was one point three miles long out the door when we met fire code. That's when we already shoved sixteen hundred people through the building. Wow. And the line was just it was ridiculous. And you know, and you know, the funny thing is, and this was funny because Jen was running our little poster business at that point, doing the thing. And I grab her and I'm like, Jen, you got to come out and see this. She's like, I'm busy. It's like, no, you need to see this. Come out here right now. Yeah. She's like, okay. So we go out the door and we grab her sister who runs the booth for five minutes. We run out the door. I take her outside and I show her as far as the eye can see. I'm like, that goes to the hospital. And of course she's, you know, women, you know, she's a little, she's a little emotional with it. So she has a little emotion with it. And then she freaks out. So what are we going to do? <laughs> um, so, you know, and we, we got through it in one piece and survived it. And, uh, then of course, went to the Delta Plex for a year and that, um, we thought we'd be there for three years to help get the economic situation situated and all that. And well, that didn't work out because we sold that building out too. That's and also a good problem to it have. It was a good problem to have. So we went downtown and have financially struggled with it because those who know downtown have run events cheap. down there. It ain't cheap. I mean, you know, when I bring up the catering thing for a perfect example, our catering budget this year will go over 30 grand. Holy goodness. And that's only feeding 140 people. Stormtroopers eat a lot of burgers. Well, it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is true. But um, I'm not feeding. Well, yeah, we are feeding them. Now that I think about it, we doing we do we do a coupon thing for them at the snack bar at the food service court, which they're fine with. But the Hollywood celebrity types and all that it it adds up to, you know, a pretty penny. It adds up to crazy money. I feel like because of what you said, we do need to offer Billy D. Williams a hot dog. 
I wish he would take it. Anyway. If it was a uh, yester dog, he might change his he mind. He might change his mind with the yester dog. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So there's there's a lot of things that go with it. You know, now it's yeah. now you got the union, there's unions involved and there's you know, the downtown development authority and SMG, which is, you know, national booking company and all that. And and it's changed the dynamic a lot now because now without a lot of their help, mm-hmm. it's still growing. We're expecting twenty percent growth this year. Oh yeah. That's what we're expecting. Um Saturday. If it doesn't sell out, it's going to get awful close. Yeah. We're expecting sure. to sell out. Um, and, um, of course, obviously, the guest list has improved because, and we get a lot of people who's like, why can't you bring this in right out the gate? And yeah. part of the reason is because, I don't know how much you read on convention news around the country, but a lot of conventions burn a lot of celebrities. Yes. Happens all the time. Yeah. I literally read about a show every weekend who doesn't pay their guest list, is grossly underattended, doesn't cover plane tickets, and some celebrities are nice enough to cover their own plane tickets. Yeah. And, you know, you get this reputation, you know, and these these shows get these reputations, and it's all the same. It's all mom and pop, smaller. I mean, it's not the Reed Pops and the Wizard Worlds and the Imagineriums and the, um, you know, those companies. It's not yeah. those companies at all. Those companies are paying their bills. It's little one-shot things like what we do. Yeah. And as a result of that, of course, you get a lot more scrutinized. But now I've got five years of solid history behind us. and Solid growth, too. And like solid growth and solid history. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get serious offers on the big names, you know. Which is awesome. Yeah, but a lot of them you just can't afford because, like, um, Tom Hiddleston, perfect example. I get asked him all the time, can you bring him in? Well, let me put it to you this way, because I'm not allowed to just talk about contracts online, on you know, yeah, publicly, because that's mm-hmm. very bad. But we'll put it this way. Have you ever been to an Audi dealership? Uh, um, I've driven past an Audi dealership. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you I've, go and price out a typical coupe car, standard car. Okay, one of their standard, you know, forty thousand dollar car. The cost to bring in Tom Hiddleston for a weekend, I could buy ten of them. Oh, oh. he was ten good, but he wasn't that good. Or a or a high end <laughs> Mercedes, a high end Mercedes, I can buy like four or five. Yeah, for the same cost. Wow. Um, and you know, and you know, and some of these guys, it's just you know, and it's not because you know they won't draw. Because, I mean, obviously, if we brought in Tom Hiddleston, there'd be lines downtown going to Granville. Yeah. I mean, you know, there'd be hordes of lines. But you also get into the logistical issues of those kind of things, too, which is fire code, which is Mm -hmm. a big deal. I mean, fire code in that building is only about, well, what we have running right now, 16,000 people. Eventually, it'd be about 20. Yeah. And when you have those kind of limitations... You bring in somebody who's going to run you. Again, I won't say any names, but say I got one guy who's asked for a lot this year, runs quarter million dollars. And you bring somebody like that in, they have to be able to sell a thousand autographs yeah. at $250 a piece Whoa. just to break even. Let me ask you a question. That's just to break even. I'm just curious. Can you tell me one person you would pay $250 to get an autograph of? No. I was going to say about the same. <laughs> no. I mean, I've heard of it. It shows. I mean, New York Comic Con last year had Sylvester Stallone in his first ever autograph show, and that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But he charged three hundred eighty-five bucks for an autograph, and still, it's Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he's about as iconic as it get. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Maybe Schwarzenegger um, would be a little bit better for me. Schwarzenegger, personally? yeah, yeah. Well, dressed up like he, he did, was in Predator, maybe. For if, hell yeah! I thought you were gonna say he, dressed up like he was. Get to the chopper! Yeah. Get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tumor. What's hey. that autograph say from Sly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he says, "Do it, do it now!" N a u g h w w w exclamation point now. Oh. Anyway, um, so, so you know, and that's something that, you know, that's one of the tricks we have to do with this. And it's also yeah. the thing that makes it unique is the end of the year. 
we're the end of the year. We're basically the last major show in yeah. the Midwest. We're the end. Um, unless you want to count Yumicon, but that's the end for the anime world. So, and Yumicon, Yumicon's significant for the mm-hmm. anime world. That's a big show. That's a very significant event. And they bring in a killer guest list. But what Morgan and I, because we talk all the time, Morgan's the guy who owns Yumicon. Him and I talk all the time, and what we have to do is we have to make our guest list unique compared to everybody else's because, because you know, if, if we are... Um, if I'm bringing in the same crap that C2E2 brought in and Cincinnati Comic Expo and um, Wizard World Chicago and Wizard World Cleveland and Wizard World, you know, Madison and so on and so forth, if I'm bringing in the same stuff everybody else is bringing in, what makes the event unique? Nothing. So right. we have, so I have the unique challenge with our show. Plus, being a mom and pop, I don't have the Wizard World advertising. I don't have the Read Pop advertising. I don't have the Imaginarium money. I don't have that kind of money. So what we have to do is be unique. Yeah. So I have to do a lot more digging than most of them. About half of what we have booked this year is not from a national agency. Yeah. It's stuff I mm-hmm. dug up on my own, independent stuff. Which, Terra, bravo, because you have Terra some- Sands. Yeah, we dug up Terra Sands on our own. Lucy Pole, we dug up on our own. The Godzilla guys. Yeah. We dug that up on our own. Um, and so it makes it a bit more challenging for me because i can't just i can't just you know because a lot of them is like okay book celebrities.com here's their list okay i'll book this guy this guy and this guy that every other show's already booked oh now we got this and i'll book you know and out from this agency and i'll book this this and this and this agency i'll book this this and this and i can't do that you know plus i have to look at a lot of what motor city does yeah because motor city six months ahead of me i can't duplicate what they do either so, right. so we have to come up with stuff that is unique. And if I'm signing stuff ahead of time, then I have to sign exclusives and send the other thing. And it's like the business is a pain in the arse. There's just no other way to put it. Now, uh, how far ahead do you have to start planning this? We have about a dozen guests already booked for next year. Oh, we haven't right. even announced yet. I mean, I can tell you a few of them. Um, Exclusive? Oh, well, I mean, I've talked about it with a few places, but sure. I mean, Kevin Eastman's coming back. Um, That's already signed in blood. That's oh, done. Oh, wow. Uh, Mike Grell, who did Green Arrow, The Longbow Hunters, which is the, the comic book series yeah. at the basis for Arrow, the TV oh, show. Oh, wow. He's coming. He was here in 2015, and, uh, you know, we're bringing him back. Uh, in terms of national celebrity types, uh, uh, Margot Kidder from the Superman movies. Oh, my Lois God. Lee. She's coming. Oh, my God. I um, loved her. And I uh, Adrian Paul, who was the Highlander yes, on the TV show. Yes, he's coming yes. back. <laughs> Um, so we're, we're bringing him in and, uh, hopefully everything's going to work out with this. Um, he teaches sword classes in Hollywood and we're going to have him teach a, uh, sword demo that was only going to have 40 people in it. It's going to be just, you know, it's going to be probably a hundred bucks or something, but it's literally a, a four hour sword class taught by one of the masters in Hollywood. And it's just one of these, it's ultra unusual. That's so, so cool. I don't know what it's going to cost yet. We don't know, but. It's probably not going to be cheap, no, but for people but, who are really into that, it's going to be literally a lifetime opportunity you're oh, never yeah. going to see again. Yeah, and a fun one we're bringing in, I think, is fun, um, and it goes way back to before most of your parents were. Is um, Riku Browning who wore the rubber suit in the Creature from the Black Lagoon in Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So. And we're going to bring in, we're hoping to get, um, these aren't confirmed yet, but we're hoping to get a couple more uh, people in the Godzilla franchise. Oh, oh very cool. cool. Because it's very unusual that they come to shows to begin with. And we're bringing in two of them, of course, this year. And they are um, pretty happy with, uh, is that better? Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. They are, um, so far, they're really happy about how this has been going because... You know, you bring in guys like that, it's a different set of logistics as well because yes. they don't speak English. <laughs> so, Especially I, the Godzilla people. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, there's five we're bringing in, not five that are going to be actual guests, but because um, we're bringing in the two guys that are guests, and there's the Japanese manager, there's the American manager, and a neat one because a, a lot of guys know that Hao Nakajima, who was the original Godzilla, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, his daughter was very touched that we were honoring him at our show. So she's coming. Oh, cool. She's what coming. an honor. And we're trying to convince her, and I don't know if this is going to happen, we're trying to convince her to do a retrospective on Friday night about her dad. 
Not the kaiju actor, not the suit guy, not the actor, but dad. Yeah. And I think for Godzilla fans, that will be fascinating oh, if yeah. she'll do it. We don't know if she's going to or not. It's probably literally going to be a last-minute announcement. Uh, but I've already got a big room saved for it on Friday night after hours. Oh. And I think that if she'll do it, that would be really cool. I saw that about 10 years ago at a horror con with Vincent Price's. Oh, and it was incredible because she didn't Price. talk about his acting or anything. She just talked about dad. I like it. And it was cool. It was yeah. really, really cool. Completely different perspective. And I think because of, of uh, guys like me and you, I think we're, I'm a huge horror fan. So right. meeting somebody like that and then getting an insight into who they were right. like uh, in their private life is so meaningful right. because you, you, ca- you really do care about these people because you right. learn to love them in their, in their art form. I know? agree. And that's, and that's a big deal. And that's why we try with the panel stuff. I'm trying to find stuff like that. Yes. That is different. Um, one we're talking to right now, which again is a very, going way back, but I think would be really, really interesting, is we tracked down the original model for Tinkerbell from Peter Pan in 1951. Mm. Still alive, believe it or not. She did the role when she was like 12 years old, and she is just, she's as tiny as you think she'd be. <laughs> I mean, she's a tiny, I've seen pictures of her with normal-sized people, and she is tiny. And I'm talking real thin, very short, and just what you would expect a Tinkerbell model to be, what you would expect. She lives off water and fairy dust. Pretty much. (laughs) And um, I think that would be really cool. Yes. To actually do a panel with her talking about how Disney did movies in the 50s. Because uh, what be they did in order to draw them is they actually, all the sets you see her in, mm-hmm. they were actually created sets. I mean, a little more simple than a movie, but mm-hmm. they, were, they were actual sets. Then she would pose by it, and then people would draw her. Wow. And they would literally, okay, now we want you to, instead of like this, to be like this. Yeah. And she would do that and sit there for like half an hour at a time. Artists were cranking out rough wow. sketches. So a lot different than today where they just punch in a computer and say, okay, we want the character to walk from here to here, fill it all in, and they it's hit, done, yeah, you know? They hit, they hit three keys, and there's Wally. Exactly. <laughs> you hit a few keys, and you got Wally. Exactly. And completely different art back yes. 70 years ago when they made Peter Pan. Wow. So I think, that's, I think that's, you know, we try to find stuff like that that would be really neat, also from the historical perspective, and that because... Don't tell the teenagers. Teenagers, turn this off now. We have educational programs. And they don't know that. And we try to do as much educational stuff as possible because we want the kids to, you know, they go and they go through a panel and then they go, wait a minute, I learned something. You know, taking out a Brillo pad, trying to scrub it out of their brain. But, you know, they, but they, you know, they, you know, and, and that's something we try to do too. And we actually work with a bunch of teachers on the show as well. And so, we for a comic con we have an unusual support from teachers, which is sort of weird because you know because most shows schools won't even talk about. We get teachers and quite a few who send kids to our show for extra credit. Hey, go to the comic con, go to this panel, prove you were there. I'll give you extra credit in your schooling. And then you get kids who go. Wait a minute here. I think for you're going to let me that- go to something I was going to go to anyway. Yeah, yeah, and and go to a panel. That I actually had interest in going to anyway. Yeah. And I get extra credit in my English program? Yeah. Mm, all right, sign me up. And, and, you know, and that's why, you, like, you go to the author panels, you'll see they are filled. Yeah. You know? And a lot of it is kids getting extra credit at school, as dumb as that sounds. But, but you know, like, especially the young adult authors, you go in and, man, that's like teenage girls. Man. They're just, <laughs> you know. They want their next Harry Potter. They want their next Harry Potter. Yeah. And, um... You know, I actually had one guy, one kid tell me he was like, because he hung out the author stuff and he didn't read. I thought that's sort of weird. He's like, you know, a 16 year old boy. And he's like, man, it's just a parade of 15 year old girls. Why would I not be here? You know? <laughs> that's a smart so, kid. Yeah. I'm just sitting there going, and he's getting, and they're all smart girls that are probably going to go to college someday. So maybe he's, you know, maybe, maybe he's not as dumb as you think he is, you know? Now, what is the most. I guess unusual or strange thing you've seen at at the Comic Con. Oh, the bomb threat we had last year. Really? I didn't know about I did that. Not know oh, about you got to hear this stupidest story ever. <laughs> it's funny to laugh at now, but at the time it was not funny. 
get a call Friday about 7.45 p.m. just before we close the building. Mark, we, got, we have a problem. And everybody knows when you say these things, we have a problem. I, that, it requires my attention right now. So, okay, what's the problem? We have a suspicious package. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. I said, okay, where is it? So you go down and we take a look, and it's a backpack strapped to a pole. And we're like, oh, God, here we go. Okay. Police are already there. Bomb-sniffing dogs are on the way. The ATF is on the way. Wow. State police is there. Um, they're like, you're going to have to evacuate. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so I'm basically going to the PA system to tell people to get the hell out right yeah. now. Without you know, causing a panic. Without causing a panic. Get the hell out. And vendors, that includes you. Get out. You know. Um, you know. So I'm going to it. And then all of a sudden I hear, Mark, abort, 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 abort. I was like, okay, something something has changed. So I go back. And it turns out the bombs, the, the, the police are around this bag. Mm-hmm. Okay? Trying to figure out what to do. The bombs, like I said, the bomb squad's on the way. Bomb sniffing dogs are on the way. I mean, excuse me, the bomb squad was there. The dogs were on the way. And the ATF was on the way. This was, you know, a pretty big deal. This panel ends and this kid, about 13, Oh, no. Walks through the police, unstraps a bag, puts it on his back, and walks out the door. And the police are all looking at him like, what the hell is this? So they stop him, and the kid thinks they're stopping him for shoplifting. And the kid's like, oh, man, I paid for these. They even got a receipt, you know? It's just action figures. And then the police start frisking him because they're, like, you know, trying to figure, you know, because they think... This kid has no clue what's going on. He we got to get him to do something. He for starts all the tax getting. Dollars getting he starts right? getting mad. Hey, what are you doing, man? I mean, I got an uncle that's an attorney, man. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And they tell him about the suspicious package thing, and they think it's a bomb. This kid gets the image of pounding rocks in Leavenworth for the rest of his life because he's stupid. Oh, yeah. And then he starts crying like oh. a little two year old. And he's like, oh, don't tell my dad. That's the line I heard. Don't tell my dad he'll kill me. Oh, boy, if I had a dollar for every time I said that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the police are looking at me like, what do we do with him? It's like he's an idiot. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> he meant I'm not no. going to ruin this. I'm not going to ruin this kid's life because he's stupid. He meant no wrong. He didn't no. mean anything, but he's just a moron. Yeah. <laughs> so we let him go, and the kid ran out the door. I'm sure he'll never come back. Oh. If you hear this, you're welcome back. Just don't strap your bag to a pole. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's probably the dumbest thing I've seen right. at our show. Yeah. There's... Far stupider stuff out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of the thing, too, with these independent shows is sometimes they do things that are just ludicrous. Like, I don't know, you want to look up something. You guys want to look up something appalling. Look up DashCon. D-A-S-H-C-O-N. It's in, it was in Chicago, 2004. Is it a Sonic the Hedgehog Festival? It was a Tumblr. It was a Tumblr event. Oh boy! <laughs> oh okay. So oh, we all know about Tumblr, and we all know the idiocy we see on Tumblr. I mean, you know, most of them can't figure out what sex they are, let alone anything else. Um, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that on Tumblr, yes, and uh, they, you know, they, they have a hard time figuring out a lot of things about life. And of course, everybody's horrible, and you know, the system is bad. Said nothing. Um, but anyway, so you got a gathering of all these 14, 15 year old kids who, you know, thank goodness I didn't have the internet or like around when I was 14 or 15. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so, so this show is filled with 14, 15 year old kids. Ooh. The promoter has the image of having 10,000 people show up at this thing, about 400. Ooh, ouchie. And so the promoter can't afford to pay anybody, but probably didn't have the intention of paying anybody to begin with. Yeah. So she does a fundraiser in the show. Hey, we need seventeen grand in order to pay the bills. So all these kids basically empty their wallets, all of them. Wow. And of course, every vendor watches what money they were going to make. Well, smoke. <laughs> no no kidding. Yeah. All right. Even just to keep the show running. Fourteen, fifteen-year-olds. They gathered what seventy-two dollars out of all four hundred. <laughs> Believe it or not, they gathered seventeen grand. Wow. wow! Wow! These kids had a lot of money. They had mommy's credit card. They I had think. mommy's credit card. Well, there was actually something like eighty percent of it was credit card. Of so course. a lot of kids there just whipped go. out their credit cards. Yeah, here's two hundred bucks. Flip. A lot of that. Not my bill to pay. And now hold on. It gets stu- it gets even dumber. Yeah, oh, okay. I love it because. Um, they had Welcome to Night Vale scheduled. 
And I don't know if you're familiar with what yeah, the podcast. It's a big podcast. Does yeah. really, really well. It's very popular, especially among teenagers. It's a very, very big event. It's like a Twin Peaks of podcasts. The Twin Peaks of podcasts. Yeah. That's pretty fair. And um, so they have this big pod. They have this podcast, and of course they haven't paid them. Mm. Haven't paid for their hotels. Their hotels aren't paid for. And the, and they showed up, but they decided we're not going on. We're just going to go home. Really? So they go home. Well, they haven't been paid. Well, can't blame I, them. I, no, I can't. But I'm just I. I know in my, but I mean we're not a top. Ten. Ryan, I'm going home. You haven't paid me yet. Yeah. No. <laughs> so here's here's the thing that makes it really crazy. The kids who are going to go to this paid thirty dollars a piece to go. Mm-hmm. The con is like we're not going to refund the money. So what they do instead, as fair reimbursement, you can look this up. This is how ridiculous some shows get. They rented. A children's ball pit that you would see in a restaurant. Ew. And everybody who got the, that paid that $30 ticket got to play in it for an hour. And all got what the I'm not kidding. Flip. And then to top it off, it's just a- one kid decided to show that, you know, this was so, so injustice Please. kind of thing. So he pissed at it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, that's and- a fun ball pit. <laughs> And then all the balls are sticking to me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, want to play in the ball pit? You're in luck. <laughs> well, there's worse. I mean, you go into some of the furry festivals and you get oh, real oh, crazy man. stuff. Um, Ooh, one guy, mm. one guy in a show in Seattle took a dump in the um, hotel swimming pool. <laughs> Larry, what were you doing in Seattle? I was at a furry convention. Why do you ask? Yeah. There's part of me still there. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. Um, I could give I you, extra I could give you lists of some crazy stuff. Shows that, um, you know, it's part of the reason why it takes a few years to build a reputation with this because you get some of the stuff that happens. And it's great. Yeah. And, and the worst part about Dashcon is they changed the name, moved it to a different city, and tried to do it again. Yeah, that's that's because how much so money? Scummy. And they didn't pay the hotel bill. Didn't pay anybody. Oh my goodness! You know, in the hotel, what they're going to do is very simple. They're going to go through with it because legally, if they cancel, they can't collect. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is, and the same thing like with the DeVos Place or any other major building like that, if they've got a show that isn't paying the bill, they'll go through with it because, and then what they do is just turn it over to an attorney. Okay. And the attorney goes and collects and does whatever needs to be done to collect, whether, you know, I mean, you know, if they take your house or whatever the hell they have, to, you know, they just do what they have to do. So, so yeah, you run across some real crazy stuff with these, and that's part of the reason why it took a few years for us to now be able to book Billy D. Williams and things like that. And we'll have a bigger guest list next year. And because, you know, we've, we've booked a lot of the... You know, when I say Margot Kidder and that kind of stuff, it's mostly the mid-tier stuff we've booked right now. The headliners we have haven't even looked at yet. Um, a little too soon with them. Generally speaking, you look at headliners about, unless they're retired. Like Billy D. Williams, you know, he's in his 80s now. He's more or less retired. A guy like that, you can book a year out, no problem. But if you're booking people like, say, oh, Stephen and Mills and those kind of things that are in the price range we can probably do, um, I think, uh, you know, yeah. they, don't, they don't book a year out. Because they don't know their filming schedule. They book more like 120 days. Right. Of course. Now, sort of the way it goes. With You were saying, obviously, with your stories, like there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened. And obviously, your guys' show, every year, it gets better and better. Yeah. Now, I, I have a... Qu- drama, we're hopelessly boring. <laughs> right. Which is the way it should be. Right. So, it's like a marriage. Now, <laughs> in terms of... Dr- exactly. No, that's actually fair. You know, you, you know, if you have a good marriage, you have no drama in your marriage. That's right. actually, and you don't want drama in your marriage. You want your, no. you want to be a partnership yes. and you might snip at each other here and there, but generally speaking, it's, you know, no drama. Right. Now, obviously you're, you're getting bigger guests and, uh, just awesome people every year. Now I have a question. Uh, do you have a, like a dream person that you could book? For the con, like, if there is there somebody that you would love to get, you just haven't been able to get yet. I usually give myself one person a year. That is for me. Now, can you say who it is this year? Sure, Adrian Barbeau. Okay. Oh, I didn't know she was here. Maybe I looked at the wrong list, but she is on. She is part of the Batman the Animated Series reunion because she was Catwoman, right? Yes. And um, but you know, she also has a very extensive resume. You know, you've got. You know her '80s horror stuff. You that's what creep, I was. That's what creep I'm. Show the fog. Yes. You got Escape from New York. You've got 
Swamp Thing. You've got Carnival. Um, the Fog. She was the radio. She was the DJ. Yeah, DJ. Oh. This is Stevie Wayne. You know, yeah. I'm gonna have so, I'm gonna have trouble talking to that one. So that was her, <laughs> and uh, you know, and Kane Hodder with horror. Oh, yes. oh man, yes. I, it, um, and Kevin Sorbo and uh, Kevin Sorbo. We're getting some heat on him because again, the social justice warrior thing. You know, there's people who are like, you know, because he's he's a Republican, he's a conservative, and he is. Very well, opinionated should, on that kind of thing. They should all pay double and come out. <laughs> well, and first, people like me, I grew up, I watched Hercules. So sure. yeah, to, sure. to meet him will be just a really, really cool experience that, like, I could tell my dad, like, you know, I met Kevin Sorbo, and he even, he, like, we watched that growing up. So sure, it was, we should bring him the top. Some- it was one of the top five ranked um, independent shows in the 90s. I mean, it was, you know, in terms of ratings, I think it actually did better than Xena. Um, I mean, I think the number one one was Star Trek Next Generation, but oh, if you yeah. look at ratings over years, I, I know Hercules was a top five show. So there's a lot of people who remember it. It was one of those things that was on Saturday at three in the afternoon, but everybody was watching it. It wasn't just dead, you know, just dead time on the air. You know, it was, you know, something that networks pushed. Now, obviously, you don't have to name names, but have you ever been disappointed by anybody who's come to a con i'm careful um i i don't treat this as a job i treat it as a science Hmm. and Hmm. and i do extensive research extensive i don't just book stuff is there like a celebrity yelp that you can check out before (laughs) yes there actually is there is um an angie's list for (laughs) there there is sort of kind of yeah because you know if you go on facebook you know there's forums for everything right there's i mean you can find forums for one-eyed chinese underwater that's mine yeah if you want i mean there might only be one or two people in it but you can find there's three of us for there's three of you wow (laughs) i mean if you want if you want to do that kind of digging you can find the most obscure crap there is on facebook for sure and there is a forum called we run conventions oh wow which is a comic book convention head forum it's basically just people who like me who run shows and of course we talk crap about everybody (laughs) (laughs) um i almost want to just check that out just to laugh right it's it's private and they're not going to let you in unless you can verify you actually own a show and you have to verify i actually had to send in my ownership paperwork in order to verify i could join it oh wow and it's very very exclusive and um so we had to prove that we owned a show and we had to prove it was our show and blah 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 so of course it was tough and the only people on it from our group is my wife and myself because we're owners no one else for sure and um we talk all kinds of stuff about you know what celebrities are good what ones are bad horror stories of shows uh various things that affect the industry that the average fan would never think of a million years like right now because of the Vegas thing, my mm. insurance rates went up 50%. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And when you consider last year, I paid $3,800 to insure the event. You don't have to do a lot of math to figure out that I'm forking out. Basically, 16 I, bucks. 16 bucks. <laughs> I'm the mathematician. Yes, you are. I, you probably do a great job running your check. Yeah. But anyway. That's what the, the, um, that's what the mustache is for. That's right. It's an accountant look, yes. An accountant look, yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, the insurance this year is, you know, a nice used car. Yeah, for sure. But you have to have it because no insurance, no building. No yeah. building, no show. Sort of the most important bill I got sitting on my desk right now. It's just the way it is. I mean, I'll pay it before I pay anything else. Yeah, because sure. got to have it. If I don't have it, there's no show. Pretty simple. Now, you... You kind of explained what got you doing it was your wife, Jen, and she kind of pushed you. And then before you know it, you guys kind of steamrolled into this and it's just become a bigger and bigger and bigger thing every year. Now, as a kid, what kind of drew you to this? Like, were you a big comic book fan or was it like horror movies like you kind of alluded to? When I was a kid, got to remember, when I was a kid, there was this brand spanking new thing called cable TV. Right, right. There was no internet. I mean, I'm 51 years old. So, you know, I was, when I was a kid, it was like 1980. Anyway, <laughs> and I remember every Saturday afternoon at 1230 in the afternoon watching TV 50 in Detroit, which I think is a Fox affiliate now. And they used to run something called Creature Feature. Oh, and, I, remember, I remember that too. And there was some god awful stuff on there. The thing with two heads, Count Yorga, Vampire, Blackula. Yes, things things like that, and it was just you know, but I loved it. 
Blackula is the African American Nosferatu. Is that right? Pretty much. Okay. And it was, you know, and of course he's, you know, it was it was sort of um, Dracula meets um, Dolomite. Oh. If you've ever seen Dolomite, you would know what I'm talking about. The Mac Daddy. <laughs> okay. Basically, on Dolomite, actually, you know, I remember first time I saw that, that was actually the beginning of rap. Oh. I mean, if you look at the history of rap, Dolomite was the first rapper. Or well, pretty know, close. I know a lot of it came out after the post-Black Panther era. A lot. It was, it was right. a lot of... Yeah, yeah but Dolomite came out in Disco 70. as well, just as yeah. the disco was kind of starting to dip, you saw hip-hop kind of take hold. Yeah. Yeah, well, Dolomite came out in 72. Yeah. And, um, you know, because in the African-American community, that, that kind of stuff existed five years before us hopeless white people discovered it. Right. You know, before we discovered the Bee Gees and ABBA, there was tons, <laughs> of, you know, there was stuff like, you know, Percy Sledge and things of that. Oh, and, um, yeah, the real stuff, you yeah. know, and then, of course, we, you know, put our Caucasian spin on it and basically ruined it. But, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. Thanks, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, thanks, Vanilla Ice. You suck. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Special it, guest next year at Grand Rapids Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, but you know that's something that comic cons are. You bring up a topic that is interesting, though, and that's one thing that is comic cons are starting to go in direction of is bringing in washed up musicians and really things like. Oh yeah, there's actually a whole agency in Texas that all they handle is old musicians, things like Lita Ford. Sir Mix a lot is with that agency. The guitarist for the Misfits, the drummer for the Ramones. There's a ton, of, and you're starting to see them popping up at conventions all over the place because, again, it's low hanging fruit. And mm. I just don't do that kind of thing. So, and I get a lot of people who complain about things like, "Well, why do you have this guest? Because they weren't, they didn't do anything nerdy, and it's like they were in five science fiction movies, but you know, it's not anything nerdy." Um, you know, so, so I, I, you know, that kind of stuff. I generally pass. Same thing with wrestlers. It's like nothing against nothing against wrestlers. See, the three of us are, yeah, <laughs> big wrestling fans. Yeah, nothing against. That was, and that was actually a question I was going to ask if that was. I generally speak and pass on them unless I can get something exceptional. If I can get the Undertaker, I'd bring oh, him in. Oh yeah. God! If, <laughs> we actually got fairly close this year to bringing in Booker T, but Ooh. it didn't work. No, oh. it didn't work. We actually he yeah. tried five times, five times. <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, that's what that's a guy we did some serious um, looking at, and um, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to bet dollars on us because again, you know, part of the thing we have to do is we have to be unique. Mm-hmm. And Motor City Comic Con, oh, okay. basically, if you know Michael Goldman at all, you know he is a diehard wrestling fanatic. Okay, he's a diehard. He's been he was into the. The tight spandex guys <laughs> since the sixties. I mean, he was in it long before, long before Ric Flair. Okay, he's been in it since he was a kid. I mean, he was watching guys like Blue Thighs and things like that, and he was watching the old school. And um, he books everything and knew that hits the pike. If it, okay. if I, because I pretty much can guess his guest list just by looking at what wrestlers are coming on the market because he'll book it like Ray Mysterio's are now on the market. Oh, hmm. I will bet you dollars of donuts he'll be at Motor City this year. I'm sure since we unfortunately weren't able to do um, Booker T that he'll pick that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure of it. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't because um, he wants to meet them all personally. And what better way to do it than to have them show up at his show where he can hang out with them all weekend. What a better way to do it. And, of course, they're going to be happy to see him because he's writing them a check. Right. So, and, and you know, and that's the same thing with celebrities with our show. You know, I mean, a lot of them are happy to see me when they see me because they know I'm the guy paying the stupid <laughs> bills. Now, what I think would be interesting, kind of piggybacking on the wrestling uh, idea, would be especially somebody that went from professional wrestling into the comic book world. Oh, I'd bring, in Dave, I'd bring in Dave Batista without banning an eyelash. Oh, my I bet, God. I would uh, do that without thinking. I would also do... Um, CM Punk, maybe? He I mean, he lives in Chicago. And Batista's, yeah. Batista's huge, though, after Guardians yeah, he's, of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, but, he's also going to head up his own franchise now. Well, I was yeah, actually anyway. a really good actor. He's That's actually a surprisingly good actor. He yeah. really is. Um, with CM Punk... God, I don't want to get into anything too bad here. Um, Maybe we can we'll go off mic on that. <laughs> no, I'll just say that um, some of the stuff that has happened at C2E2 in particular is a little... Mm. 
And well, I can discuss it offline. Okay. Um, no, that's cool. But um, you know, part of what I want to do too is give our fans a legitimate experience for sure. And it doesn't give you a good experience if you go and you're looking forward to meeting this celebrity and you've been waiting for it for six months and you finally show up and he's an arsehole. Yeah, I'm not saying this CM Punk is, is an room. arsehole. I'm not saying that. But um, you get some guests where we won't bring him in just because that's of good. reputation around. That's awesome. And I get, you know, and, and because I don't want to ruin your experience. Mm-hmm. If you choose to go to Chicago or Cleveland and meet somebody and then they treat you like crap, that's your business. Again, I'm not saying CM Punk treats people like crap. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I know enough. I've heard enough stuff where I'm leery. Fair enough. And when prickly. I'm leery, I generally speaking tend to stay away. Well, you you know, I've I've found that a lot of the horror con people generally are very very friendly, very good, very down to earth. They know their fan base. I agree. They're, they're all people that I cannot wait to meet. Like uh, friends of mine, another horror podcast that they do. Like have had the opportunity. Even Larry, I got the opportunity to interview the guy from The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes, yep. I, oh, Barrowman. Yep, yeah, Michael Barrowman. Michael Barrowman, yeah. yeah. Great and my guy. Brother, and my brother's done, uh, has entered lots of his movies into horror, horror cons, cons as Andy. well. So, yeah, I actually got to go to one in He's Chicago. He's one of those great guys that does, like, the, you know, always in tons of makeup and that. Yeah, because he's sure. a unique looking guy without the makeup. Yeah, yeah, super yeah, nice sure. guy too. Yes, he is. Yes, he yeah. is. He's uh, a great guest for shows. Yes, for sure, for um, sure. Well, with horror stuff though, what I'm looking for, generally speaking, is because you know we're a Comic Con with a horror show. You can bring in more things like Dead Teenager Number Four, <laughs> Halloween Five. Um, you'd be surprised how many of them are out there. There is a whole agency called All Star Conventions. Hmm. If you ever go through their roster. It is just one after another of, you know, people who were killed in a horror film. And that's basically their claim to fame in life. Like, um, <laughs> you ever wanted to meet the guy, Shelly, who, you know, from Friday the 13th, part three, where Jason gets his mask. You want to meet that guy? He's in that agency. Right. You want to meet the girl who took her top off in yes, Halloween I do. 6? <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, not the, girl, the girl who has the famous boob shot in yes, Halloween 2. You um, want to meet her? You not, can get her through that agency. You're speaking my language. So yeah, you, you, you can can keep going. Those, <laughs> you can get those people, but I generally speaking stay away from that. I generally speaking, yeah. I'm trying to stick with like Kane Hodder. He was Jason in four films. That is about. that is a huge get. I've so heard that, his that, name. That is um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, guys who played Michael Myers, guys who you know, the voice of Chucky, those kind of things. Those are the kind of things that I have interest in. Um, we've debated Tobin Bell, who was, of course, Jigsaw in the Saw films. Yes. Um, and sweet. he's also just a great character actor. He's yes, been in- but it's a, he's a little more money than I want to pay. So I was just yeah. like... Got a great voice, though. But I haven't ruled it out. So it's not like I've said mm-hmm. no. I just look at it and I go, our show, can a guy like that do those kind of numbers. Hmm. Kane Hodder's going to do very well for yeah, you. Kane Hodder was surprisingly inexpensive. He was, it was sort of surprised me. Uh, it's still a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. It's not, I mean, he's not coming in for a plane ticket. He's getting a pretty good chunk of change, but it's not horribly unreasonable. Now, what about uh, getting people from like the video game world? Like, for example, every year that you guys post the guest list there's one name i am always like edge of my seat waiting for one announcement what's that david hater i have heard his name repeatedly i'm looking into it next year <laughs> doesn't mean i can do it well this year we've got um i got mizuho, mizuho i hope that i'm pronouncing that right yoshida who was the motion capture actor for snake and metal gear solid yes yeah i'm, and, I'm, on, I'm on that and lucy pole who's the voice of uh, mercy in the overwatch franchise yep. she's there uh, and adrian barbeau played dr tillman in halo 4 Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's right. And um, voice of Pete. I, I, why can't I think of his? There's name? a couple others that have done because there's a lot of actors now that are doing video game stuff. I mean, the Batman the Animated Series reunion. Pretty much everybody has done voices in video games. Pretty much all of them. Is Mark Hamill like totally unreachable? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I just think that he is just very expensive. I would think God, so. Yeah. yeah. And again, Especially it, after it, the reboot. it rolls back where I talked about the Tom Hiddleston thing. It rolls back to. Can you get? Can you sell several hundred autographs? You know, and you, you know, a guy like that, he comes in, he wants two hundred dollars an autograph. 
Yeah. And I'd pay it. And yeah, um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would uh, probably pay that for that guy. But that's you know, like the shining example of like the one person. And yeah. as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah, that's the one guy. Yeah, probably. but it's big money, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. you, then you got the average fan, and you know, and they're like, can they afford it? And that's one thing you know that we're real careful with because most people, if they look at prices around shows, they realize in terms of the Midwest, we're easily the cheapest show to go to. Yes, easily, for sure, easily. I mean, their most shows charge double even. I mean, Wizard World's almost triple what we charge on Saturday. Yeah. Almost triple. And um, the reason is very, very simple. I come from a very modest background. My father was a construct my father owned a construction company when I was 13 years old. I dug sewers for my father's construction company because the company was going bankrupt. I worked two years and didn't get paid a nickel. Yeah. And um because the family needed the labor mm-hmm. to keep the house. Yeah. And you know, I'm 13 years old in a sewer hole six feet deep every Saturday. And so I come from very modest uh, lifestyle. And I personally believe that the average person who's trying to support a family on a $13 an hour job should be able to go. I think I they should. And when you're talking about, Love say, it. a Wizard World show on Saturday, you're talking $75 a person. You got, you know, you and your spouse, you can't assume it's a husband and wife or a guy and girl anymore, but, you know, you know, you and your spouse and, say, two, three kids that you're paying $25 a piece to get in, you're in $300 before you've walked in the door. Mm. You know, by the time you park your car, which I can't control those kind of things. Right. You know, and then you got to feed them. You know, mm-hmm. kids, kids like this thing called food. So you have to feed them here and there. I like this thing called food too. So, so you know, and you got probably $15 a person at a convention hall. So you're talking 75 bucks there. Now the average family, now you're talking a week's paycheck. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And can you, can the average family afford to do that? And the average working class family, the answer is no, they can't. So what we do is we do what's called the hot now theory. And a lot of, then that's, Dating me because Hot Now's been on business for 15 years. I saw I one. miss that place though. <laughs> my, yeah, my stepdad yep. worked there. You were you can remember the day though when Hot Now at their original theory is you get a burger for 39 cents. A cheeseburger for 49 cents. Heck yeah. And you could buy a bag of burgers and a pop for three bucks. Mm-hmm. Done it. Their and, fries were amazing too. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, and and one of the you know, and the thing about them is their theory in business was really simple. No, we're not making a lot of money per burger, but we sell a hell of a lot of hamburgers. Mm-hmm. And and there's a business model there. You know, maybe you're not making a ton of money per unit. It's the Henry but, Ford model too. I mean, it was right. we want the average man to be able to buy the product. So Right. Yeah. So that's one thing that I try to do with the show is I want to make sure the average person can go. Yes. Now, and that, of course, does restrict the guest list a bit because, mm-hmm. you know, you're Tom Hiddleston's and you're Mark Hamill's the world. We just can't do. It's just of the course. money isn't there. Um, not with a $25 ticket. It's just not there. But um, so that's why I'm always, you know, I do a lot of digging with these things because I'm always looking for the best deal I can find. Which- Stuff that I think is going to work for us. Instead of just volume, I mean, instead of just, um, oh, this is a cool name. He played the Joker. That's, I mean, that's cool and all, but yeah, you know, guys like that, you really need to go to Chicago for. Sorry, but I like Grand Rapids, so I that's know, why I'm going to be there October 20th. That's right, we're all going to be there. That's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Well, hey, um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Um, it's fascinating to kind of get the backstory and, and to get a little bit of a scoop for 2018 which we'll all be at i hope <laughs> one quick thing just so i can clarify the yeah. social justice warrior comment that goes on both sides i agree. so <laughs> i get just as many republican social justice warriors as democrat ones and to gotta be honest it gets sort of old but hey, it is very, what it is we're very center ourselves so yeah. we're not we're not we don't choose sides well i can see some people throwing a fit over you know <laughs> oh he hates all people that are this and he's, you know and it's like usually per- a perfect example is people have been writing about kevin sorbo he's speaking at a republican conference next week and it's this giant anti-lgbt conference according to everything and it's not it's a family they're pro-marriage pro-traditional marriage it's a, it's a christian-based conference so of course it's what you would expect traditional marriage thing his panel is he has a new film coming out called Let There Be Light, which is where he plays an atheist that dies for four minutes. 
mm. and he sees heaven or hell or whatever he sees. They don't quite explain it in the film. I mean, explain it in the trailer, but, you know, and then he wrestles with this new revelation in his life. And then he's doing a Q&A afterwards. That's the hate panel he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just borderline ridiculous. Well, you know, the thing is, people can believe what they want to believe. You, you know, you can't really change. You can't really change your perspectives. Nope. The thing is, um, you know, I think Tom Cruise is a great actor, but his personal beliefs, I'm pretty sure I don't share. I don't care. So, <laughs> and I really don't care. He's had, he's been married to Nicole Kidman. She's a babe. That's about all I can think of when it comes, <laughs> comes to him. And Kate Hudson. Oh, yeah, She's that's also true. a very pretty woman. Um, but yeah, it, and you know, and that's one thing I try to do too is I try to keep the political end out. But unfortunately, I get people who won't let me keep well, the political mm, end out everybody. because I, I think yeah, I think for one weekend a year, take your political, your social, and your religious stuff. Leave it outside the door. Leave it outside the door. Just come in and have a good time. Don't put it in a backpack and don't hang it on a pole. Exactly. <laughs> all right. You exactly. know, imaginary little hooks outside. You can hang all that up. You can always put it back on when you go home, and that's great. You're welcome to do that. But Let's you just know. all come together for our love of Comic yeah. Con. We're there to have fun and see these celebrities that we, most of us, grew up and loved and idolized. And cosplayers and all that kind yeah, of absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Comic book artists, We're writers, there for authors. Fun, not for shenanigans. Exactly. And right. A, and extra credit. Which and I extra credit. Yes, extra school. credit. That's right. So, you know, that's just one of those things. I'm like, you know, for one weekend a year, can't you just leave it at home? We I mean, can. seriously, can you? We can. Yeah. We can. We all can. Come on now. Let's bond together, Grand Rapids. Let's have a good time. So, but where can, yeah, where yeah. can, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You go where ahead. can uh, people go to uh, purchase tickets? Tickets are available through Ticketmaster. There are a few outlets in town that are only going to be open till Thursday because part of the contract we have with Ticketmaster is we have to turn in everything seven days before or else I have to eat them, which basically means that. Oof, better you put some mustard on that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which basically means that. We might have to run a couple hundred people under fire code on Saturday because mm-hmm. I didn't turn in tickets on time. So that's not fair to those 200 people who don't get in because we right. didn't turn in our tickets on time. So, but you can get them at Vault of Midnight, Tardies, uh, the Comic Signal in Rockford, and all gaming warehouse locations in West Michigan. Perfect. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, do you guys want to have... Say a quick thing, plug wise, or no? We, I think are, I think we should just good? plug this, the Comic Con. Right, right on. Well, hey, we're we're super super grateful to be a part of it, and um, happy you. happy to you know promote Excited. promote yeah. you and promote what you're doing. I think it's a great thing for this city, and I I am I'm with you. Like I love just seeing people out there dressed up. When I took my girls there last mm-hmm. year. They had a blast with the Legos, and then they watched all the robots, and then we walked around, and I was like, Daddy wants this, and this, and this, and don't look at this, and this, and this. I hope there's not a lot of don't look at this. Well, screen that as much as possible. No, it's not. It's no, it's not like that. I mean, mostly it was just like I I would stare at like the the nicely drawn female figures, and and, and then I put it down and say, I love my wife, and walk away. Anyway, yep. so yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so again, uh, check out the Grand Rapids Comic Con. All local people, and if you're if you're relatively close, come out and 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 see it. It's going to be October twentieth, October twentieth through the twenty second, and we will be there. We'll have our shirts on. We will be walking interviewing around, and shaking talking our arms. and uh, talking to some of the people sure. there and interviewing people and uh, doing doing a little face to face with some of the the Comic Con goers, and it'll be a lot of fun. That's right. Anyway, if you want to check us out, we're at Conspiracy Therapy on Facebook, Potomatic, Facebook at Conspiracy T Show when we drop an episode every Monday. Um, this week will be a special one. This will be a bonus episode, but yep. um, hopefully you learned something about this town that we all love greatly, and uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Bye, kids. We in the streets, beamer slam like Mick Foley falling through the cage, see me getting high in the stage. I swear my life is like a real life comic book, homie. Let me take it to the next page. I'm in the maze, getting lost in the city. I currently roam and probably smoking, pushing.
is something I currently own You ain't really about this shit you be verbally on And you can front like you ain't know but you heard of me homes Look, trail niggas and they kill tracks with bun My reign has begun, it's time action uh, Main if ain't this got an Asian on the side Know how to work a stick, sometimes I let it drive Gold wheels with the green, don't mean that I'm lucky Been eating real good, you can see that I'm chubby Time to move to Miami cause I heard we don't die And if I do leave then I'm going high I'm on another cloud, I ain't talking about Nine to ten, I'm talking full time, never clocking in Because I'm staying on my job, barely you by caught the lie Put it down for my mother, stick a squad Tense nigga, yeah Wrap the wax around the joint, then I sprinkle it with key. Uh, yeah. All you engines take heat to the motherfucking. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.